Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Uh, all right, Jordan Montgomery. Awful segue, but what are you going to do? Uh, mm. Jordan Montgomery. Was he? What surprised you about him as you as as things unfolded? Uh, a couple of things. One, how he ended up being such a big game pitcher. You know, down the stretch in the regular season, he made some very important starts. You know, Nate Evaldi went on the IL, and when he came off, no rehab assignment, right back into the rotation. Because again, that was during that really rough stretch where the Rangers were four and sixteen. They needed a boost, and so they skipped the rehab assignment. And Nate was not good the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. He really struggled. That was another reason to be pessimistic going into the postseason. But meanwhile, during that time, Jordan Montgomery, there was like two bad starts in there. I want to say at one point near the end. Uh, he had given up five runs against uh, the or no, I guess that was in the postseason a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, one a game against Minnesota, another against Oakland, where he didn't quite look himself. I'm looking at it right now. Eleven runs that he allowed over two starts. Uh, I got a little concerned. He bounced back really well. All of a sudden, it's three straight starts of seven innings, and he became a big time pitcher. He only allowed one run in those three starts when the Rangers needed him uh, the most. So I think the fact that he first looked at him as you know this lefty that comes in, you know he's going to be a strike thrower going to keep the ball in the ballpark for the most part, doesn't give up home runs to lefties at all uh, over the course of his career, even though from a batting average standpoint, lefties hit him a little bit better this year uh, than the righties did. Uh, but I think for him in particular, seeing him step up in really big spots uh, is what maybe caught me by surprise. And then that continued uh, into the postseason, uh, which was kind of amazing to see. So he was really special um, in that regard. And uh, it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch. And I was like, as things went on, I'm like, oh, this guy's making himself a ton of cash right now. Oh, my like goodness. it continued to go on. And it was really impressive. 
So there's a lot to pick through when it comes to, uh, you know, you have what he did. But now the question is, is he the guy that you go after? And this is sort of like we're in the what last year was to shortstops. This year is to this group of of starting pitchers. They're mm-hmm. all unique in their own way. Snell and Nola and Montgomery and, and you know, uh, Sonny Gray and other guys. Yamamoto, obviously. So with Gray... The case for for I mean I'm sorry for the case for Jordan Montgomery is like you said big game pitcher. Also, I think he had 200 plate appearances third time through the order, which is among the league leader, which is mm-hmm. like something that every team should be looking thirsting for to find yep. any guys to go deep. I I I I had a podcast, quick podcast about this today. CJ, 938 pitchers were used in baseball. 938 mm-hmm. like that's not you're you're pulling guys up <laughs> who don't belong in the major leagues sure but, and so you've got to have a couple guys who can do this so yeah. i guess my question is for you is is what we've seen from him has he figured things out going forward and that's the guy you're going to get whoever signs him I think so. And you bring up a really good point about third time through the order. I'm kind of looking at some of those numbers right now. Batting average stayed about the same. I know batting average doesn't tell you everything. His strikeout rate actually went up compared to the second time through the order. It's about even where he is first time through. I know we don't necessarily look at him as a as a big-time strikeout pitcher, but I think it's worth noting and keeping an eye on that. He is, again, an incredible strike thrower. So he's in the zone. He's pitching to contact. Uh, he's looking to hopefully you know keep the baseball on the ground. It's about a league average ground ball rate. Uh, but again, not allowing too many home runs and again, especially to uh, lefty. So I do believe in what we saw with him. I think there's also just a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Maybe we saw that down the stretch, the way things ended with the New York Yankees and you know all the talk about not being a spot uh, in the rotation in the postseason for him or not being a postseason pitcher, no doubt fueled him uh, a little bit. I think he's got he's kind of this this gentle, quiet giant, right? He's a big guy, but there's that that part in him, I think, that got pushed a little bit on some of those things. And he ate it up. You know, Mike Maddox, of course, does the great thing where he comes out and kind of puts his hand uh, on the shoulder of his pitchers. And they obviously spent some um, some time together. And there was one game uh, where he came out and you saw Montgomery wasn't going well, just kind of pulled his arm away. Like, you know, he didn't want He pulled his shoulder away. didn't want Mike to go. And it was just a moment I thought where there's this ultra competitiveness. They have enough of a good relationship that has some history to it. And it was just where he was at that moment. Right. So I think he has some of that kind of dog in him a little bit where you will, you will see an edge uh, that doesn't necessarily always um, exist. He was again, incredibly consistent, easy to believe in, right? You do worry about guys, maybe when they have career years going into free agency, or is there some spike in something that happens that year going into free agency? But I believe the Rangers believe in it. I think he's going to get tons of offers. A lot of teams, like you said, after you look at those kind of top couple of guys and Yamamoto and Snell in particular, uh, Jordan Montgomery is right there in this now second class of guys that'll be a little bit lower on the contract, still going to do really well uh, for himself. But every reason to believe in that what you saw from him uh, is the real deal, and I think he's a guy that's going to give you consistency, as I mentioned. And in the biggest moments you saw, it wasn't just like a couple of starts in the biggest moments, like that stretch I mentioned down uh, toward the end of the regular season and into uh, the postseason. They needed him in the worst way, and he delivered. No Nate Evaldi for a while. He was really good. Evaldi comes back. He does his postseason thing. Then it's no Max Scherzer. And without him, I mean, you can talk about a couple of pieces uh, that the Rangers would not have won without uh, but Jordan Montgomery absolutely is one of them. But I think that, you know, and, and it is one of the most fascinating things in baseball for me, and I say it every year, how much money guys can make in a matter of a two- or three-week span. 
it, it's it's but it's it's real and it's true. And with Montgomery, I guess you could spin it this way: is that not only do you understand that if your team gets there, that he's not going to shy away, but this talk markets, right? Everyone mm-hmm. like talks about markets. Oh well, you know he didn't do that well in New York. He did better in St. Louis. Well, yeah, he's in Texas somewhere in between. Um, so you know, it, but it doesn't matter what mark. This is the biggest stage. This is the most pressure. It, it doesn't matter if you're in Boston or New York or or wherever it is in July in a big game. No, you've been in the biggest games. You've been on the biggest stage. Market shouldn't impact you. I know that you know he's maybe he's he's prepping for it by spending all this time at Boston College. You know now with his wife. <laughs> Saw that, yeah. Dermatology school, uh, mm-hmm. but. You know, so I, I think that this whole thing, this whole postseason run, to me anyway, it's like this not only made him a lot of money, but if I'm signing him, you should make a lot of money. Yep, I agree. And you know what you're getting. Again, you're going to get a guy that fills up the strike zone. And maybe that's the one thing, right? You look at the strikeout rate, and perhaps you want to see that higher when you start talking about a nine-figure deal for a starter. But I think he knows how to. Uh, pitch to contact looking you know really quickly and seeing only two games in which he had more than 10 strikeouts it's an 11 strikeout game and a 12 strikeout game and those were in both in 2021 and he did them as new york yankees like i don't buy into anything about new york he had some good years there right that first year coming through that system was a really good one for him in 2017 he made 29 starts at a 388 and even the last year 30 starts with a 383 in 2021 the last full year that he had uh, in a Yankee uniform. So I, I think he's fine in the biggest moments. I didn't see anything with him at all that made me wonder a little bit. Was he uh, going to wilt a little bit in markets where there's a lot of pressure, a lot of questions, maybe guys poking a little bit and, and prodding and pushing? That's a no, a, a no for me. I think he has no issues with it uh, whatsoever. Uh, but you're not going to get a ton of swing and miss. That's why he's so opposite of Blake Snell. Blake Snell, of course, we know, led the league in walks, but the strikeouts were ridiculous. And the slider and the curveball combination, uh, the way he got guys to chase and the rate of swing and miss was incredible. So from that standpoint, I think if you're building a championship caliber uh, rotation, a perfect spot for him is three if you're deep. right? He can pitch at the two spot if you need it. But, I mean, if you're deep enough where he's three, then I think you've put together a really good team, uh, one that can do damage in the postseason. Now, you also have to match him up. I think it's really important. Uh, I always go back to the Oakland A's a few years ago when they still had Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and that great defense that they had there and thinking about what kind of pitching staff they put it together. They didn't strike out a lot of guys either. They made sure they had guys behind him, uh, their starters, that could catch the baseball and do it well. I think Jordan Montgomery will, will rely on that. You know, the time in St. Louis, St. Louis last year, uh, they were a disaster defensively. Now, he still had good numbers, uh, but they were somewhat of a disaster. I think that you got to look for a team that is going to be at least average to above average defensively to get the most out of him, right? Trade rumors is saying six years and $150 million. You're going to put that kind of investment in Jordan Montgomery. Don't give him a big slugging team that can't catch the ball behind him. That's not yeah. going to work. You're not going to, you're not going to max out your value. That's a great point. It's an outstanding point. And I guess, so that sort of negates a question I had for you, which I love power rankings, but you know, CJ Nikowski's power rankings of <laughs> guys that you would want these stars that you would want to go after. Um, and maybe part of it now is with a caveat because it's, I think it's a good point by you. Depends what team you have. They're mm-hmm. all, what's fascinating is they're all different. Even, even Yamamoto, we had on um, Lance Brzezowski, uh, who did a great breakdown of Yamamoto mm-hmm. um, about, and you know this too, the from Japan. I mean, this is the differences in Japan, the adjustments in Japan. And there's all, Senga had to adjust. Senga had a great year, but he mm-hmm. had to change how he pitched a little bit. 
So it's not just and everyone's going to immediately go to Yamamoto because of his age and because of his dominance in Japan. But I'll just say to you, like, so what pitchers do you like? What if you say, I'm going to go out and get a pitcher? I, this mm. is say for argument's sake, you have a good defense. So how would you power rank the pitchers? And you can throw in the guys who've already been signed, Nola and, and Sonny Gray and, and mm-hmm. Maeda if you want. So, yeah, the way I kind of ranked them, I had Yamamoto one, even though there's that little bit of the unknown. Snell two because of the swing and miss. Again, he can pitch from the number one spot. Uh, I had Nola three, Gray four, uh, and I'm just looking at because I have in front of me Montgomery five. It, but they're like you said, there's different ways you get there. What does your team look like right now? Do you need one more piece? And you can go ahead and take a shot at one of these $200 million pitchers, and that's you know just Snell and Yamamoto probably. Uh, do you need multiple pieces? If you need multiple pieces, the guy that I think is going to be sneaky – and bringing a lot of value is Seth Lugo. You know, mm. both Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez both went to the Padres with the idea that they wanted to have a chance to start. Uh, Nick Martinez, in the way his contract was structured, got to start a little bit. They put him back in the bullpen. He's still a valuable guy. Seth Lugo was the one uh, that got the consistent starts. He did miss a month. That was a little bit of a calf strain, and he is 34 years old. But he answered the bell in a big way. Everyone thinks that they can start and feel good about it, but can you actually go out there uh, and do it? And, uh, you know, as far as predictions go, it looks like three years, again, according to trade rumors, I trust them. They're usually pretty close uh, for the most part. They do a nice job with that. So at three years and about $42 million, I think that's going to be a nice ad. He is 34 or will be 34 on opening day. So that's maybe one thing that uh, you don't love necessarily where Jordan Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez, they're younger. Uh, Rodriguez, I think, is also an interesting guy. And I know obviously you guys had him there uh, in Boston. But I think that the secondary guys, there's some really good uh, opportunities. But I just Lugo was the guy that I started to believe in uh, after he kind of bet on himself a little bit. I, I wanted him as a reliever for the Rangers last year, quite honestly, because he's so good in that role. But he wanted the chance to start. He got it. He took advantage of it. Um, but you know, as far as the top guys go, and you know, as we know, Nolan Gray are now gone. Um, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see where they all end up. But there's there's some good ones out there. But you're not going again. You're not going to sign Marcus Stroman if you have a bad defense behind you, right. right? That's a waste for a heavy ground ball pitcher. That's kind of a simple one. You know, Michael Waka hanging in there uh, and bouncing back. He'll be oh, 32. He finished strong, years old. man. He finished strong. Yeah, that's another one. So there's there's some good ones out there, and you know, teams got work to do for sure. And uh, hopefully things pick up a little bit. Man, it's been slow. Well, you know, I, I'll say this about you know St. Louis. Obviously, has been at the at the forefront when it comes to getting yeah. starting pitching. And I'll say this: like, okay, here's how I'll spin it to give them a compliment: is that you you got three guys who had 32 starts or more mm-hmm. in Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Sonny Gray, and. And people say, oh, well, look at, you know, you got guys in their mid-30s and Lance Lynn is coming off a bad year and Gibson is what he is and and Sonny Gray, maybe he's not the top of the rotation guy. But all those guys made 32 or more starts. And all mm-hmm. those guys usually, and people don't say that about, someone said this about Sonny Gray the other day. I'm like, no, actually he did pitch. He actually was very pitch efficient. He actually yes. did pitch semi-deep in the games. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with 938 pitchers in Major League Baseball, if you can find three guys that can give you 32 starts, then all of a sudden you don't have to start dipping down. Maybe yeah. I'm overthinking it, but I'm I'm going. No. There's value. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson in particular, and even Jordan Lyles. I know you look at his overall numbers, you're like, my goodness, what a brutal ERA, but he's making his starts and he's getting deep in games, and there's value in that. I didn't realize this until today. I knew that they struggled in St. Louis. We kind of stopped paying attention to them about halfway through the year. Their starters posted a 5.08 ERA 
that is the worst of any full season in their franchise history going back to 1906. For their starters, that's as far back as I could look. They had a slightly higher ERA in 94, but we know that wasn't a full season. And so to think about the history of that organization going back that far and saying last year was the worst ERA their starters have ever had, you got to address it. Even if it's like, ah, kind of, you know, lukewarm moves, at least for the first two, they're serviceable guys, like you said, that are going to make their start. Sonny Gray is an ace, and he'll pitch at the very top of the rotation, and they should be decent enough. They probably, as a group, I know it's going to be more than just those five, but realistically, they're going to give you closer to league average production. Now it becomes about, and their defense was bad last year, play good defense, and you got to score more runs. So they need to have another move in them. I know uh, Mosellac was talking today about a little bit uh, about the offseason being fluid and knowing they still have other things to do. For me, that's addressing the offense, uh, perhaps cutting bait with a couple of guys that just it hasn't worked out, and uh, trying to score more runs and give me league average starting pitching. You can win with league average starting pitching if you're doing some other things really well, and I think they'll get that, and they'll have an ace that can match up with others for sure in well, Sunny Gray. Well, well, you're our ace. I appreciate it, CJ. <laughs> I appreciate your Thank time. You. And it's, it seems like yesterday we're standing on the field and you were yeah. – so so graciously holding up the baseballs and boards. No. It, it didn't match at all with your light blue sport coat, but that didn't stop you. There's at all. a little Texas red in there. Plus, you know, my <laughs> my kids hijacked both of those shirts. Of course, well, we got really we have more in the way. The whole the whole family. <laughs> it's fun for the whole family. It Thanks, is the man. whole family. Thanks, Rob. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I. Uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.